Welcome to the Injury Report. I'm your host, Joe Brenner. Today is Thursday, December 1st, just about an hour or two ahead of the Buffalo-New England kickoff for to kick off week 13 of the NFL season. To start off, I'd just like to point out that our last guest, Eric Wheeler, who came on and talked about his love of the Buckeyes, we all know how that went out, and I'm pretty sure he went 0 for 5 on my C.J. Stroud pick him for him. The only one he kind of went negative was his total yardage, which I believe he was closer to 350 than he was the 275 I threw out there. And he also had less touchdown passes. I think he had with two there. His completion percentage was just below, I think, the 68 that I suggested. And they lost, and he did not get the 12 rushing yards. I think he had one five-yard scramble to start the game, and that was all she wrote. So that was a big-time loss in that side of things. Um, USC was able to beat Notre Dame, so that's also two of Ryan's losses. He's not able to join us this week, but we'll have his picks by the publishing of the show. He went 3-3 three and three again last week and 2-1 and one in the pros. I think he's doing actually pretty well on his pro picks for the year. Again, I'll run some numbers when we get to the end of the season. But his college picks, again, he was 1-2 and two this week. His only loss or win was in the Big 12 last week. And he had Ohio State and Notre Dame both to cover. And Ohio State lost outright. And Notre Dame came nowhere near covering. So... Got to watch Caleb Williams play against Notre Dame. He was the real deal. He really moves well and keeps his eyes downfield. The way he evaded pass rush, it almost looked like a Madden video game where you just kind of drop back, drop back, drop back, run three steps to the left, you know, throw the ball downfield. He was really good at that, and he was doing it really well. I think he might be up there with Bryce Young for the best quarterback in the country. And probably will get the Heisman after going whatever and one eleven and one for the regular season at USC. So they'll take on Washington or Utah. I mean, who they who's their only losses to to get back into the or to get into the college football playoff for the first time. They're the four seed right now. TCU is looking down the barrel at Kansas State. So a purple purple championship there. Michigan has Purdue. And Georgia has, I don't even know, it doesn't matter. They're locked in. So Ohio State is the fifth team out right now. If either one of those two lose, it's a possibility that Ohio State can still squeak in. But right now it appears that Ohio State could still be left out if either USC or TCU loses. Going on to Ryan is 30 and 28 and 2 overall. Uh, another thing from that game and that news, the game, is Blake Corum is just ruled out for the season. Where I'm going to guess that his knee injury is going to be a meniscus when it comes out because he was able to try and play last week. I doubt that they would do anything or they would allow him to try and play on an ACL. There wasn't a, a lot of twisting or anything so it probably wasn't an MCL 
So yes, I'm thinking it's probably a meniscus and he's worried about draft stock or the next season as this week probably won't do anything for him and next you know the next couple games aren't for a month or two so no use in hurting that knee in practice and across the pond in Qatar Christian Pulisic will likely play this Saturday with a pelvic contusion so he probably has I think he took a knee to the groin area just above his manhood and below his abdomen and more where his abdomen attached to the pubis bone and that's probably where he's going to have a little bit you know it's an abdomen injury but it's not an abdominal injury per se it's more in that area so in the lower area so he should be able to play he might have had a small procedure done to try and tighten or strengthen anything that had been or even release some fluid but we should him see we should see him out there for the red white and blue on Saturday. The Cardinals and Panthers are on buys this week and that will get us into the NFL where as I said Buffalo and New England kick off here shortly. Buffalo is looking for its first conference win despite an 8 and 3 record and they will not have Tredavious White even though he just had his contract restructured to give him a bonus to move some cap space. On the offensive line, Deion Hawkins is out with an ankle injury, and then defensive end Von Miller is on the IR. He did not tear his ACL, which were the reports. That's what I immediately thought it was watching the film, but he said it was not, but he's going on the IR. And then the Patriots will be without their running back, Damian Harris, with a thigh contusion. So, you know, running backs, they're going down on who they're supposed to where they're supposed to get hit and such, you know, that you, you can't go low anymore, you can't go high, so that those shoulders and thigh boards take a lot of beating. And he probably just took one too many to the thigh area. And those thigh pads, they protect the front, but a lot of the more damaging injuries come from actually the side where there's less tissue between less strong muscles too on the outside of your thigh as there is there's a nice meaty cushion on the front on the lateral side, it's a little bit weaker there. In Pittsburgh and Atlanta, Najee Harris did not practice Thursday with an oblique strain, and Kyle Pitts is out for the season with an MCL. He's going to finish with 28 receptions and two touchdowns in his sophomore campaign. So that's really disappointing end to his second season, and I think Pittsburgh continues to roll in that one. I think Atlanta is going to trend downward kind of for the rest of the season. I forgot to say in the Buffalo, New England, I think Buffalo wins that one. Denver heads to Baltimore where the Ravens are going to try to bounce back from something I'll get to in a moment. KJ Hamler re-injured his hamstring and Jerry Judy is out with an ankle injury. He didn't practice. He's not necessarily out, but he did not practice Thursday. So Russell Wilson might not have his weapons. And J.K. Dobbins is back to practice from injuring, re-injuring his knee, irritating it, but he is not expected to be activated. And then Lamar Jackson is battling a hip and quad injury that's been bothering him, but I think that's more of a tough loss and putting it all out there. And he had some poor media stuff this week than it is a 
serious injury, probably more of a nagging one. Russell Wilson should probably, you know, shut it down for the year. He's not, doesn't have his weapons with him this week, and they're playing a pretty solid defense in the Ravens. Last week they were without Kyle Hamilton, their first-round pick safety from Notre Dame, who's the highest-graded safety in the NFL for, and he might be the highest-graded rookie defensively in the NFL as well. So, he, you know, that is a big loss. He covers a lot of space, and I think they're using him well because there wasn't a lot of – he doesn't have great straight-line 40-yard speed, but he's able to make plays in college, and he's proven he can do that in the NFL as well. I think that Baltimore bounces back uh, against Denver. Moving on to the Jets in Minnesota. The Jets – Running back Michael Carter did not practice today with an ankle after their throttling of the Bears. That is concerning to try and keep things moving forward. And the Vikings are going to continue to try and run for the one seed in the NFC. And they're only missing. Their only new injury is cornerback Andrew Booth, who is out with meniscus surgery. As for the other New York team, the Giants host the commanders and the Giants are going to they were not expecting to be able to have safety Xavier McKinney who mangled his hand in an ATV accident this summer but he is expected to make his appearance this week and the commanders do not have any notable injuries to speak of for themselves the Jaguars head to Detroit where I hope that they can keep things going if they win this week and the Eagles take care of Tennessee, they will control their own destiny. They still have both games against Tennessee to go, and in a tie for the division, the head-to-head would happen. So if the Jaguars win out and the Titans lose once more, the Jaguars control their own destiny. After a an amazing last-minute drive by Trevor Lawrence with only a few, I don't even know if they had a timeout, I can't remember. But they just surgically marched him down the field through a great fade ball to Marvin Jones, who it was nice to see him go up and get one. And then Zay Jones on the two-point conversion. They beat the Ravens. They almost let it go off of a squib kick that was almost turned into a field goal by Justin Tucker from 67. But the humidity of Jacksonville did its job. And now they'll be playing in the Dome of Detroit. Travis Etienne left the game very early after injuring his left foot again. That's the one. Remember, he's duck-footed, so he is externally rotated a little bit more. It helps him change direction a little bit quicker, but it's not. It, it just He's more prone to injury. He had a list frank in that before, and he said he insists on playing this week. The Lions don't have any new injuries to speak of, but Jamison Williams is still not going to play. They said it would be a tall task when asked about his status. So I just received Ryan's picks, and in the game tonight he has Buffalo minus four over New England. I think that's a pretty strong pick. And we already talked about the Vikings and the Jets. So he has the Vikings minus three over the Jets. I think that's a pretty strong one as well. He has, like I said, been pretty good with his pro picks. I just think sometimes he lets his heart get in front of his head, and that might have happened in his last 
NFL pick when we get there. The Packers head to Chicago where Aaron Rodgers said he'd be open to the idea of being shut down. He came out that he has an avulsion fracture of his throwing thumb, and that is most likely the UCL of the thumb, so that helps you open your thumb. And an avulsion fracture is where that ligament just pulls off a little piece of bone. So because it's on the most likely on the outside and it's the, attached to a muscle that helps you kind of hold things up, it doesn't. So gripping things would most likely not be super effective. He can probably still close his hand. It's probably more opening it that is affecting him. So obviously, you know, catching and sticking the football in that hand is probably not super easy right now and it's a ligament probably not a tendon thing so the muscles aren't damaged it's just the stability of the joint so i don't think that it is i am surprised that he has been able to throw the ball really because i've had a thumb injury and it's hard when you can't hold the ball but i do understand that his movement down and away is probably not lost it's probably just really painful and the gripping of the ball is not really the issue it's the getting the hand onto the ball so we'll see if he's able to play this week if not jordan love looked good and i wouldn't be surprised if they just kind of started trying to evaluate him for the upcoming couple seasons justin fields will probably play despite sitting last week and they have a bye next week so he was dealing with some shoulder issues and maybe a hamstring they're just trying to be very careful with him as they try to walk the line of developing him and not destroying him. He did practice all week, so he'll likely be the starter. But he will be without wide receiver Darnell Mooney, who is moved to the IR with an ankle injury. And the Bears will also lose safety Eddie Jackson to that Liz Frank injury. Remember, that is a damage to the ligament in the midfoot area. Tennessee travels to Philly in a game I need Philly to win. Obviously, I'm taking Jacksonville, I forgot to say, in the previous game. And I kind of think this is Chicago's time to get revenge if Aaron plays. Tennessee and Philadelphia, Dallas Godert already is out of a string. And what we thought would be kind of a season-ending injury for him, he said he will be back when his four-game allotment on the IR is over. And nothing new for Tennessee. I got Philly, hopefully by a lot. And then here's Ryan's last play in the NFL is Cleveland at Houston. He has Cleveland minus seven. It's the return of Deshaun Watson. Three Browns cornerbacks are questionable. I think they'll be able to manage there because Houston sucks. That's my only notes for Houston. I think the Browns will probably cover too. But that's a head over heart. That's a lot of points, and Houston has shown the ability to hang around. Miami travels in one of the longest distance travels in the country to San Francisco, where Elijah Mitchell is out for six to eight weeks, again, for his knee. He was in a walking boot, and he has a really high rate of re-injury. He's one of the more injured players in the NFL, so it's not a surprise to see him go out again for the Niners. That's why they got Christian McCaffrey. And no new notables for Miami. I got Miami in that one, even with the long travel. Seattle is at the Rams, where defensive end Daryl Johnson is going to be out for Seattle. He had foot surgery 
and is out for the rest of the season, but they're trying to get back Alton Robinson to come back. And the Rams are not good. They didn't have any new notable injuries, but they just aren't very good. So I have the Seahawks taking care of business, trying to keep their playoffs hope alive, even though the Niners have just surpassed them in the division. The Chargers travel a short trip south to Vegas, where Joey Bosa is still inactive from his groin, and Mike Williams might be able to come back early. Darren Waller is eligible to come back from the IR for the Raiders, and Renfro said he's not there yet with his oblique, but he is getting close. I have the Raiders in. I think that the Chargers are a little bit overblown. I think I have the Raiders for that one. Kansas City travels to Cincinnati for another revenge game. So Cincinnati just played Tennessee last week and beat them. Now they have Kansas City, who they beat also in their playoff run to the Super Bowl last year. Kansas City doesn't have any new notable injuries. Jamar Chase said his hip was not torn, which is contradictory to previous reports. So we are wondering whether that is a fraying, so like it's not a full thickness tear, just like a slight tear or a fraying of the fibers in the labrum or an avulsion fracture where maybe one of the ligaments attaching the, or tendons attaching the femur into the hip socket and for movement kind of pulled away a little bit. And as for Joe Mixon, he is back from his concussion and should be ready to go in this big game. I think that Jamar Chase's continued lingering injury here is going to limit him. They have a lot of weapons. He is obviously their number one weapon, and I think Joe Burrow plays a lot better with him. He's just that guy who can go get you plays. I've seen it live, and I'm not sure that him not being forthright, you know, that's, I don't, I'm not sure that's a good sign. Usually when you're trying to hide something, it's worse than it is made out to be. So I have Kansas City in that one. Indianapolis travels to Dallas, where we have no new notables for Indianapolis or Dallas. Should be a healthy game. And I have the Cowboys in that one. I'm just going against my division. And then New Orleans and Tampa Bay are Monday night football, where the Saints are all questionable. Jarvis Landry, Ingram... Juwan Johnson, Peyton Turner, Kevin White, Rashid Rashid Shahid, Pete Werner, Marshawn Lattimore, Alvin Kamara, all questionable for New Orleans right now. They've been this way kind of all year. Nobody's really been hurt, hurt. They've just been waiting, not really sure which games they want to show up for. I think the lack of Sean Payton there to really motivate his guys and make winning seem possible even without – uh, stable quarterback is really showing in their lack of guys on the field. Leonard Fournette came back from his injury in time off, and he should get back to number one touches in Tampa Bay. Cameron Bray, Antoine Winfield, and Vita Vey are all sat out of Thursday's practice. That doesn't mean none of them will play, but that's usually a pretty good indicator of at least um, more of a doubtful than a questionable. Offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs is still out for three to six weeks with his ankle injury. And then Shaq Barrett was placed on the IR with his Achilles. In our injured versus recovered, we have 
injured Germany, who loses in the group stage again in the World Cup after showing up in the Final Four for almost every other one this decade, century, millennia, and also having a victory. They got knocked out again today. So that was tough for them. Recovered Japan, surprise of the tournament. They won their group with Germany, Spain, and Costa Rica. So Spain has been playing really well, but they did not get the win in the group today. It was Germany who came out on top. So very cool to see them develop as a program and a little bit of a surprise. As for our next injured, it is Antonio Brown, who is... He was an arrest warrant came out for him in Tampa Bay because he did some bad things to a not sexual things, but I think he just beat up a woman, which is very, very not good. So it's just crazy how he just cannot find the help he needs. And I hope that he does. And I hope the woman is okay. Recovered to Sean Watson, who another not great dude. Uh, he hasn't played football in 700 days, but he's back. And I've said it before, I really hope he doesn't do well. I think it would be hilarious if the Browns gave this guy $230 million guaranteed and he was not good at football. I think that would be a very Browns thing to do. And also, he I just don't want think he deserves to be good at football. He probably is, but two years is a long, long time to not pick up a ball. Injured ACC, they effectively cannibalize themselves, as was mentioned earlier. I don't even know who's in their championship game. That's not really a an important one to keep track of because they have no shot. I know who's in the Big Ten. I know who's in the Big 12, and I know who's in the Pac-12 because those are the ones that are important, but not there. Not the ACC. And then recovered Chris Middleton, who has been dealing with injuries since the end of last year. And, you know, he's back. He's supposed to be playing tomorrow night, Friday. And he is going to be good to go finally to be able to help the Bucks stay near the front of the Eastern Conference. And there goes my laundry. We have Ryan's new picks and for the college games and they are utah plus two and a half over usc okay that's tcu minus two and a half over kansas state and lsu plus 17 and a half against georgia i like the georgia one i think that's a lot of points and i don't think georgia's gonna be as motivated they're gonna want to win you know then nobody ever really goes out to a football game at any point and doesn't try to win but I, don't, I think LSU is going to have something to say about it, quite frankly. As far as the TCU and USC, as a Buckeye, he's going to pick one of those two not to be the – not to win. And it's clear that he thinks Utah's got USC's number. I don't think so. I think that's more of a heart pick, so I'd stay away from that one. But that's his official pick. And that ends our episode for today. Happy December and uh, happy holidays. We'll see you next time. Hopefully the U.S. is still in it in the World Cup.